It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome to another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grosso alongside Bart Scott on a victory Monday for the New York Jets after a 27-24 overtime triumph against the Tennessee Titans. Bart, how are you? I feel good. It's victory Mondays, man. It, it, it makes the long day on Sunday all worth it. Things don't hurt as much. You know, I, I feel good, man. My, my neck don't hurt from watching that other football game all last night. It didn't live up to the expectations. I tell you what, I was thoroughly entertained by the Jets and the fact that they won a very entertaining game makes it even better. Yeah, second half and overtime, the game really changed complexion. I mean, you think about it, you know, Jets fell behind 9 nothing in that first half, and you were starting to think same old, same old a little bit. The offense was having a hard time getting on track. They put that touchdown drive together before halftime, but then coming out of the locker room is when you really kicked it into high gear. And I think that's where we should start because there was a lot of encouraging signs yesterday from the quarterback, Zach Wilson, who shook off that first half INT. And then in half number two, Bart, you saw the arm talent. You saw the off-schedule plays. All of those things coming together and giving Jet fans a little bit of a taste of what could be for many years to come. I mean, I tell you what, you talked about yesterday. It's a lot of teachable tape, a lot of things to build off of, a lot of things to clean up. But listen, when you get the victory and you are still able to teach and learn lessons, that's the best type of game. And listen, he's going to be better. You talk about the off-schedule plays. How do you make those plays more routine? Because, listen, you can't live off home runs alone. you got to be able to hit some singles and some doubles to keep the chains moving. That's something that he's going to have to learn. Um, I would like to see this run game get established a little bit more. But how fortunate was it that they were still in this game after struggling on offense early in the first half because his defense stood on their, stood on their heads for a while and was able to contain King Henry while the offense figured everything out and eventually they got it going. No doubt about it there. And, you know, when you talk about King Henry, he got his yards yesterday. He had himself a monster day. But you knew nah, that that was going to be – Not impactful, though. Not impactful yards, though. They, they the, the, the end totals are, but none of them was those big runs that hurt him. You didn't see him, you know, going to the end zone with it. It was like, you know, in between the 20s, which, you listen, you're, if you got to give some up to King Henry, you'll, you'll give those up. I mean, right, exactly. He got his fantasy numbers and whatnot, but in terms of keeping him in check, the fact that you played almost, what, a 70-minute football game when you factor in the overtime, by and large, they did a really, really good job. I would agree with you. And you know what? Let's give a shout-out to a play that maybe got overlooked when you're doing the highlight packages and all that stuff. What about the tackle made in the open field on Derrick Henry by Javelin Gidry in overtime when Henry looked like he had some real estate to work with. I yeah. mean, that he might grabbed that, he, he grabbed that shin bone. Yeah, he grabbed that shin bone. Listen, that's what you love. You love the toughness in, in, the, in the intestinal fortitude of this young team. As guys are getting hurt, guys are filling in. But everybody stepped on those train tracks. Nobody ducked. You know, nobody got ejected. Nobody got smacked in the face or became a highlight reel they came in and they put their heads in there and they made sure that they it was an emphasis on tackling the bigger back they made sure they wrapped up you know understand you're not going to hit and knock this guy off your off his feet with some type of shoulder shiver or some type of superman flipper you know what i mean you had to bring yourself make sure your body was underneath you and it was a commitment right because i guarantee you it hurt but it was you took the pain for your brothers no doubt about it. And then at the end of the day, maybe the pain feels a little bit less, as you said, when you end up walking off the field victorious. And you saw the excitement from the guys. It was genuine after the game because they put in so much work, not just 
from what we've seen the last three weeks, but really the whole offseason, the entire training camp, preseason. Now to see that payoff here with a victory, you know that it's going to bring a lot of smiles in and around that football team. How about another guy who we saw yesterday make his season debut? Jamison Crowder had a touchdown reception from Zach Wilson. It's a guy who's been the Jets' leading receiver, Bart, the last two years. You know what type of a security blanket he can be for a quarterback, and it was nice to see him back in the fold and really what it can do for a youngster like Zach Wilson there under center. Well, underestimated, right? His value is underestimated. I think he's undervalued. You know, he's been an unsung hero of this team for the last two years. But listen, listen he was the same thing for, for the Washington football team as well. This is kind of who he is. He's a guy that at the moment is never too big. He's comfortable in his skin. You know, he's not adjusting like Davis to, to lights in the Big Apple. He's a guy that's performing. He understands what it, what's expected. He understands what page six is all about. And he he has big shoulders, so he can handle the criticism. And he's a guy that, that showed up. And, you know, you talk about sometimes a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. But I tell you what, a veteran player that's crafty, that can get open and make plays and hold on to the ball is really a quarterback's best friend. And I tell you, Zach Wilson has found that in Jameson Crowder. No doubt about it, and you hope to see more of that moving forward here. Another guy who had a big game yesterday, Corey Davis. And this was a little bit of a special affair for him because he was going up against his former team. All week long, he said, nah, it's just another game, no really added incentive. But come on. I mean, you played in this league. When you faced the Baltimore Ravens the first time, when he came over to the New York Jets, deep inside, you wanted to go out there and you wanted to beat him a little bit extra more, no? Of course, especially since they didn't even give an offer to him to even try and keep him or to fight for him. They just kind of let him walk out the door after being a first-round draft pick, which is a sign of disrespect, meaning that, okay, well, we'll get better without you. And it had to hurt, right? And he wanted to internalize. And I think when he came out, he pressed a little bit. He got, you know, into his comfort zone in the second half and started making plays. You know, but, you know, he had, we have to figure out how to make him a fast starter, how to get him confident and get him good touches early on because his hands is a little bit inconsistent right now. But, um, you know, maybe, you know, last last game is something that we can build off of and he can continue to start putting some of these performances and some of these halves and quarters together. But it starts one catch at a time. Before we talk about the defense, though, let's get a little bit deeper into the play of the offense. And we'll start with the quarterback here. Let's hear from Zach Wilson following yesterday's game, speaking with our own Bob Wischusen. Zach, that looked fun. Was it fun? It was awesome. I mean, the ups and downs, you know, I'm still beating myself up. Crazy win, but... You know, I had chances there to, to end it sooner right there. And, and uh, you know, what an awesome game. You know, I'm so pumped we got away from it, you know, with a W. Uh, but we just got to keep learning, getting better. You know, it's awesome to be able to learn from a win, though. There were a couple things that struck me today. The pass protection seemed to be the best you've had this season. Was it that noticeable for you? Yeah, I feel like it's a team effort as well. You know, I try to do a good job of making sure I got the ball out of my hands. Um, you know, when we did get pressure, be able to, you know, get, get out of my hands and throw it away as well. And, and then, of course, those guys up front did a great job today. Um, and I would say, you know, our defense getting sacks and us not having sacks was a big factor in the win today. How about it seemed like more of the game plan today was your ability to improvise, getting out of the pocket. Some of it I think you did on your own and some of it was by design. But was that more of the game plan this week to let you kind of go out there and be you? No, it wasn't, you know, but that, that's part of my game plan every single week. You know, when, when things break down and uh, third downs are hard to come by and, and things aren't open, you know, how can I get out of the pocket and, inst and extend plays? And, uh, you know, we were able to have a, have a couple big ones down there, down the field that were able to get us into uh, uh, some scoring situations. Just generally speaking, like what does this win mean for this group after what you've been through these last three weeks? Yeah, it's huge. You know, it's confidence, you know, to, to, to let everybody know in this locker room that we're a good team and we, we can do really good things. 
and uh, it's going to be a process. We just got to keep stacking the blocks and, and keep getting better, you know, but the, it, you could definitely feel like uh, the tension on the team kind of fell off right there and we were able to do something on offense. Well, congratulations. Enjoy it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot, guys. And we both will back in here to Inside the Jets, supported by Selective Insurance, be uniquely insured. All right, Bart, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball here. And look, they were on the field for a lot of plays yesterday, 93 in total, as a matter of fact. I mean, that's going to be expected when you throw in an extra 10 minutes of overtime. But the pressure was relentless on Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Those guys won the battle in the trenches. I mean, seven sacks, multiple hits on the quarterback. This is a unit which is really blossoming into the one of the better in the NFL I just think eventually this unit would eventually you know get Carl Lawson and what does that look like as Franklin Myers is really starting to live up to the expectations when they got him from the Rams a couple of years ago you know he had an injury season when he got there last year was show show flashes but now he's right now one of their best pass rushers Quentin Williams is doing a great job inside and Sheldon Rankins is really setting the table. He's doing a lot of things that are setting guys off of and guys are starting to play off of him. Much like I used to play off Trevor Price because we knew you couldn't stop his his uh, rip move. He was going to get the penetration. You can really set your defense off of that. So I think together they're all a co cohesive unit. They all have their different strengths and weaknesses. I think they're playing to those strengths. And, you know, shout out to the defensive coaching staff and Robert Sala for putting his players in position to make plays. You mentioned Sheldon Rankins. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on here on Inside the Jets. Another Williams we need to talk about is the play of Quinnen's older brother, Quincy. And this guy who hasn't been really a Jet for not even two months. They picked him up off of waivers from the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of preseason. Another monster performance from him yesterday. All over the field, double-digit tackles, had a sack himself. Jets might have found something in the other Williams here contributing at linebacker. Well, absolutely. Bobby Boucher, as I like to call him. He's running around. He's... You know, he's his see ball, hit ball. And sometimes, you know, you think about the tip pass that was kind of underthrown. If he just picks his head up, that could be a pick six or end the game earlier. But listen, he's playing with a lot of emotion and enthusiasm, and the game is eventually going to slow down to him where he can start making more of those instinctive plays where he understands conceptually what's going on. But right now, like, listen, he's just playing with his hair on fire, and that's something that you really want, especially if you're a guy like CJ. Like, hey, man, don't even do too much thinking. I'll make you right. Just go blow some stuff up, man. And, like, he's a willing participant, right? And I was a, I was a wrecking ball, too. I was used in that same regard. Go hit something, blow something up, and we'll make you right behind it. And um, listen, he had a tremendous game, and what a better time to have a game, you know, than to celebrate, you know, the the cancer awareness, you know, month in which we're entering, and you know that special moment between him and his brother, honoring his mom with their grandmother. You know, that's something very that's that's something special, near and dear to their hearts, and it's a it's a great moment, and that's what football is all about. And we had Quinn and Williams on our show last week. You and I did, Bart. And remember, he spoke about how important the crucial catch campaign is for him and the good work that he does with it. So, yeah, you're right. It was nice to see both of those guys do their thing. And it's funny, when you look at the linebacker position as a whole, remember when the season began due to the injury to Jared Davis, it was C.J. Mosley and a couple of rookies who were college safeties that were now trying to get acclimated to playing here on the next level. Well, C.J.'s still there, and he's starting to look like the C.J. Mosley of old with another big game yesterday. Now you have Quincy Williams, who's kind of blossomed a little bit the last couple of weeks. Jared Davis might be back here by the end of the month. All of a sudden, you look at this linebacker core collectively, and there's some things you could get excited about. Well, and the guys are going to have to compete. And, you know, when you talk about it, you have somebody that stepped up and is playing at a high level. Now you understand that, you know, Davis coming back is going to want his spot back, and now you have that competition. is still sharp and still. 
you, know, you think about the safeties that were converted, you know, maybe you can reimagine what their roles is going to be on this team for this year. You talk about Marcus May being out a little bit. Maybe some of these guys can go back to their natural positions and maybe play a form of an inverted, inserted type of safety as well and playing those dying, you know, those dying positions. You think about, you know, dropping into the box and, you know, big tight ends. These guys are long. They should be able to play man-to-man coverage. Much like you saw the Patriots use um, use some of their um, safeties yesterday in the game against, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, that's kind of where it is. It's about scheme versatility, being able to not just be one thing. That's how you get, make sure that you can keep yourself on the field and get on the field. Speaking of the linebackers, though, and C.J. Mosley, again, the veteran experiencing his first win yesterday in uniform as a member of the New York Jets. Afterwards, he talked to our team reporter, Ethan Greenberg. Here with linebacker C.J. Mosley. C.J., what does it mean to you to win this game after missing all of last season and having a troubling 2019? Oh, man, it's honestly, this win is not about me. Um, it, was a, it took a full team effort. Uh, we finally saw some complimentary football with this team. So we put it on tape. So, I mean, now we got to bring that every week. We've been preparing the same way the last three weeks. And, um, you know, on Sundays, it hasn't went the way we wanted to. We start off a little slow, but, you know, that's how football goes. But, man, just the resilience that this team has, the fight that we have, um, the love that we have for each other, the bond between the coaches and players, players and coaches, everybody in the in, um, at Jets facility. So, man. Talk to me about the defensive performance. Let's start against Derrick Henry. You knew that he was going to get the amount of touches he did. The stats say what they say. How would you evaluate the performance, and what was the mentality going into today's game, knowing that his number was going to be called? Um, playing against a team that's going to run the ball, plus you know a player like Derrick Henry, um, you can't look at the stats and get discouraged. You just got to keep playing football. You got to keep running. You got to keep hitting. You got to play your technique. Uh, some plays, you know, he's a great player. You know, they practice just like we do, and they and they. Oh. And they um got us in they got us in some of our defenses. You know they got us in some of the, in some of the runs. But I think for the most part, you know we did a good job of you know trying to con- trying to control the sticks on first and second down with the runs. We had a few screens that kind of leaked out and some coverages, but you know that's what we, that's what we go to practice for. We're gonna go in tomorrow and try to fix those things because you know, we got a long trip across the pond next week. But um, you know we're gonna enjoy this win. Um, and one of, one of the things that we say, you know, after after this game over, don't be surprised that we won. Uh, we it's a culture that's been here. And as men that that's came here, whether we've been free agents, um, drafted here, or picked here, you know, we, we, we can either live by that culture, we can change the culture. So um, hopefully with this win, guys can start to see, start, guys can start to see, you know, what we're really about. All right, TJ, let's wrap up with this. What are some things that, as a defense, you can take and move and bring with you moving forward? And what are some things that you think you can perform better on as a, as a whole? Um, there's, there's always lessons every game. Uh, we can start with situationals. You know, we, we could have ended the game in the fourth quarter in our two minute, so we got to make sure we, we get off the field when we when we need to. You know, penalties happen, so we can't put it on the refs, we can't put it on anybody. We got to put it on us. Um, I mean, we knew what they were going to be doing, and we just got to make sure we execute. So um, I think situationally, we got to we still got to improve and try to do better. Obviously, in the red zone, we still got to get some balls um, from the defense. We got to get some turnovers. But I mean, it was it was a hell of a game on, on all three phases. So we just got to put the, put it to work for next week. Appreciate it, TJ. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot, guys. And, you know, Bart, we should also talk about the play of the secondary there because coming into the season, the safeties were thought to be the veterans of the group, right, with Marcus May and LaMarcus Joyner. Joyner suffered the injury week one. He's on IR. Marcus May going to be out a couple of weeks now with this ankle injury, but it's the young pups at the corner position who have been thrown into the fire, and those guys are really, really playing a high level of football. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about these young corners and the job they've been able to do, and also, you know, we talked earlier about you know the tackle of uh, uh, King Henry and 
you know, extra innings, I guess, so to speak, or extra quarters or extra play. You know, and, and listen, they just played outstanding. And the, and the biggest compliment you can pay to them is to say they've been a non-story, right? The fact that they've been a non-story and, and the fact that it's been quiet around the play. I think, you know, Hall and Carter has been doing a tremendous job. And everybody, when their number is called, have came in and done the job. You're right about that. Those two guys in particular, you know, Michael Carter to see it as a rookie, what he's been able to do here first few weeks. And Bryce Hall, remember, last year his rookie season was kind of stunted a little bit because he was still rehabbing that nasty injury he suffered his last year at Virginia. So he didn't even make his debut until midway through 2020. And now to have him go through a full off season to where he can, you know, do his regiment and everything, it's starting to pay dividends because he's establishing himself, I think, as a legitimate starting cornerback in the National Football League. Yeah, and it's, and it's not just a let's play a cover three. These guys are asked to play man-to-man, and, you know, people thought, okay, well, he's coming in. He had guys like Richard Sherman. They're going to play cover three on top, man. No, they've been complex. They've been multiple, and they've been able to, to, to step up. And you, know, you talk about a guy like Hall. This is a guy that had to unlearn what he learned last year because this is a totally different defense, totally different scheme, totally different philosophy. It's a great point you make there. So Bryce Hall and those youngsters there at the corner position continuing to do good things here for the Jets. Now, when we come back here on Inside the Jets, we're going to talk to a first-year member of that defensive line. Veteran Sheldon Rankins joins us next. This is Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets. Dan Gross alongside Bart Scott. It's time now for our player guest segment brought to you by EY, Building a Better Working World. Joined now by one of the members of this defensive line, which wreaked a lot of havoc yesterday in the victory over the Tennessee Titans. It's Sheldon Rankins, who's nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here. Sheldon, Dan, and Bart, thanks for joining us today. And congrats on getting your first victory Monday as a member of the New York Jets. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Can't go wrong. Victory Mondays. I I expect a lot more in in the future. Got to enjoy those. Got to keep stacking them. Tell you what, man, that was a man's Sunday. We all know what that game was about. No receivers, no Julio, no A.J. Brown. It was all about who was going to stand on the train tracks when that train was coming through. And it's not just about Derrick Henry. It's all about that, you know, that that power man gap scheme coming off the ball, double teams, being able to hold the jump throughs, things of that sort. How does the body feel today? And how proud are you of some of these young guys that continue to step on that train tracks uh, Quentin Williams to, to, to kind of, you know, point somebody out. We expect that from CJ. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'd be lying if I sell, said I, I felt great right now. Uh, you know, you, you know, B. Scott, you know, you know, this, you know, this, that's those nine on seven games, you know, it's where like, it's mano y mano. You just gotta listen. A, a man's gotta be a man. And uh, we were able to, to, to make more plays and, and come out with that win. And it's, it's definitely good to see a lot of those those younger guys or a lot of the, the more, you know, guys who people don't expect to step up and make plays, be able to do that. Uh, it makes a big time plays in crucial moments. And you know that just does nothing but breed confidence for them, the rest of the, the team to, to, to believe in them. And, and that does nothing but bode us well going forward. Now, you've been there, done it right now. You've been there, done that. So I'm going to exclude you. From this whole little uh, uh, session that y'all gonna have probably on Wednesday, which is the uh, screen session, like like how how frustrating is it? Like that, you know, the good thing about having young guys is they're fun, they're energetic, they got a lot of enthusiasm, they see ball go get ball. But just how how frustrating is it just to be able to take some of these guys to the side and have those teaching sessions and kind of build up their football acumen? Like, look, bro, that is not really a play for third and 21. Like, right. I know you think you're the greatest pass rusher of all right. times, 
but you're not that damn good, man. Learn how to slow it down and learn how to understand the situations on the game. And you guys are probably going to get a lot of heavy doses of screen until you guys put it on film that you can't get tricked that way. Yeah, man, it's, it's one of those tough things where, you know, like you said, you know, I've, I've played a lot of football, so, you know, it's a field thing. It's, it's something that, you know, I've played this game a while, so, you know, it's just a, it's a certain amount of pressure I feel on this shoulder or a certain amount of, you know, the way they slide on this play, like it just tells me, oh, that's that's not a real play. There's no need to, to keep trying to go chase Tannehill and, and think I'm about to be Reggie White or somebody. Like, no, just shut it down. You know, pr pursue to the ball and, and make that play. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a growing process. You know, like you said, a lot of young guys, you know, anxious to show what they got and anxious to go make a play. You know, oftentimes just get locked in on on their key, so to speak, where, you know, as you know, you know, screens, you know, can fool you with those things, you know, getting guys locked in on things. So it's just one of those things where guys got to understand the way we attack on defense, we're going to get that every week. Teams are going to screen us to death. And, you know, if, if they're finding success with it the way, you know, Tennessee was able to on those crucial third down moments like that, you know, they're going to keep running the shit out of them. And uh, if we can't stop them, you know, it's, it's going to be a long year. So like you said, it's definitely being able to pull those guys aside and, and and just kind of hammer to their heads like listen you know i know you want to go make that play i know you want to get that sack i know you want to you know th think it's time to go make that big play but um you know understand situation understand you know down the distance you know like you said there's no play drawn up for third and 21 like offensive coordinators don't have one those don't exist so you know they're just you know, throwing something out there to, you know, get better field position. And if they're able to break it with a screen like that, you know, hey, more power to them. Let's teach Grimes or something because I know he wants to get in. But let's teach Grimes because this show is all about talking to the fans as well. And, you know, Grimes is a fan, but he may not have the football acumen that we know. So let's teach Grimes or something. Three by one, right? Center running back goes the same way is the biggest indicator that is screen. There's no protections that the running back and the center goes the same way, especially when it's three by one. So Dan, when you're sitting at the bar at Applebee's and you're trying to turn up for your peoples and order more Shirley Temples and more nachos and, and, and mozzarella sticks, tell them, hey, man, hold up. Center and running back went the same way, man. That's a, come on, I knew that was a screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like you said, that's one of the biggest tells. I mean, anytime you come out three by one, open formation, you know, and, and the, the moment I come off the ball and I see that center step toward the back, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, let's throttle this down. You know, that that great move I had in my head, let's let's put that one away. Let's save that one. Let's save that one for, for another down. And at that point, I'm just going to chase the screen and hopefully be able to corral them and get them down. Applebee's, Shirley Temples, that's what you're calling me out for? That's what you think I'm doing? Well, your shirt says it all, Dan. Your shirt says it all. Your shirt definitely says two for hey. 20 at Applebee's. <laughs> Sheldon, I'm hurting with that one. This is John Varvatos. This is good stuff here. Are you kidding that's me? Old, that's, old that's, old, that's Old Navy if I've ever seen it. <laughs> now get out of here. Hey, I'll prove the receipt. Don't, try, don't, don't call me out on that one. Um, that game yesterday, though, you talk about it being a marathon. I mean, you guys were on the field as a defense for 93 plays in that game, but – you as a defensive line, I mean, everybody had a chance to get out there and make a play, the rotation. I think that speaks volumes to the amount of quality depth you have with that unit altogether. I mean, you being a part of it, I mean, what can you say about the guys in that meeting room and what you were able to do collectively as a defensive line? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, me and a couple guys talk about it often. You know, I think the special thing about this, this group in the D-line room is I think everybody has their superpower. 
right? Like when you think about it as, you know, we speak about, you know, Quinn and his straight line power, his ability to really, you know, just lock people out and move them out of the way where you got Foley, uh, just a mountain of a man, you know, you can't move him. Uh, you know, JFM, his versatility, being able to to move as, as quickly as he does, but, you know, to be as big as he is, uh, you know, Bryce, uh, Tasmanian Devil, that's what we called him. We, we, he literally got that name probably about 30 minutes ago, like just sitting in the big room, like that's just newly dubbed on him. Uh, and then, you know, like like I said, myself, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the wily vet in the room right now. You know, I walk around kind of some, well, no, what you going to say? Short. You're not going to no, sell no, yourself short, no, man. No, come on because, now. Then, no, let me tell you your superpower. Let me tell you your superpower. Your superpower, you remind me of Tommy Harrison, man. As far as that first initial step, we had we use it with Trevor Price, too. That that one-gap penetrator. And I'm telling you what, Quinnen is eating off of you, man. He better take you to the Pro Bowl. He definitely better get you a oh, watch or something. Listen, because I'm... you getting that one stop, you getting that one gap and flushing the quarterback right up to him. And he's playing off of you. Now, if I was a linebacker playing behind you, I knew that the that the edge would be set from the inside. So I'd be ready to, to either fall back easy because knowing the back's going to have to cut back. I'd be eating like barbecue chicken all day, man. So, like, you one-gap penetrator, you get off so fast, those four eyes, that, that is a strength and an advantage that if I'm a player or a teammate of yours, I'm going I'm to I'm take care of you. I'm going to take care because I know I'm eating off of you and you're doing all the heavy lifting. And a lot of people, a lot of people, Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, all those sacks, you know, and, and, and listen, your stat line is not going to show the impact that you had yesterday, but everybody ate and it's because you set the, the table. That's because you're securing yourself and you understand that, listen, it ain't about your stats. Those who know, know. And I'm letting you know that I recognize how you balling out of control right now, young fella. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. See, for me, it's all about, like, just being disruptive, man. Like, you know, I've, like you said, I mean, the, the number's going to come with that. You know, the, the, the more you the more you wreck shop, the more you get off and, and disrupt the game and, and, and cause havoc inside, you know, those, those plays are going to are gonna come in waves, you know. Yeah, you ain't even let me finish. Like I said, I'm the wily vet, but okay, they you know, once I once I put the pads on, it's like I'm Batman, you know what I'm saying? So it's 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 I go into that mode, man. So look, uh, I'm I'm just happy to be able to come out here and like, like you said, I, I feel like I am going out there and, and, and causing damage and wrecking shop. And like I said, those those plays will come to me, but but one thing about me, I'm not gonna stop doing what I'm doing and, and going out there and, and disrupting the whole game for offenses for sure. We're talking with Sheldon Rankins, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, Batman here on Inside the Jets. I want to know which Batman is. Is he Michael Keaton? Which which Batman is he now? You know what I'm saying? I I, I lost track of all the Batmans. We're up to like four or five now for crying out loud. Yeah, please don't say you're the Ben Affleck one. That's the no, that's the no, no, no. Let, let, okay, Less right. is more. Less is more with the Batmans, I think. <laughs> we just got to keep it to a couple and then we're good there. But what about this? You coming over from New Orleans. Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich, the scheme that they've implemented here. A lot of guys that I've talked to on this defense, especially up front there on the defensive line, they're a big fan of this scheme because you just put your head down and go. You a fan of it as well? Absolutely. I think it, it, it takes a lot of takes a lot of thinking off the table, you know. And I think you know for 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 us up front, everything happens so fast, you know. So if if it's if I don't have to think about anything, if I can literally just get down and, and put my eyes on my key and get off 
And when my goal is to get three, four yards in the backfield every play, no matter how it happens, just get there, that's, that's easy. You know, that's that's what, you know, guys built like me were born to do. So, uh, you know, if I'm able to do that down in, down out, and I have to think about, oh, wait, you know, what formation is this? And, you know, oh, did what did he say? Should I check this? Should I do that? You know, when I can just get down and tee off on guys and, and keep guys in front of me thinking, like, oh, I got to block this guy again. And again. Like, when I can get guys, you know, looking across from me thinking that, you know, that's 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 when I'm starting to lick my chops and I can I can really get going. Now, self-scouting right now with all that one gap penetrating, you know what's coming next. They're going to start trapping you and whamming yep, you. Like, are you guys absolutely. prepared for that? Because it's like the adjustment to the adjustment, right? And you guys have been balling. So now the whams and all that stuff is going to come back. You know, I just want to send a little message and tell tell Huff, man. Tell Huff, listen, you can't get a sack on a running play, man. So quit taking the cheese and going underneath too much. You get it once, but if I'm a linebacker, you know, you do that a couple of times and I get this tackle rolling off on me because he missed me, you know, because he missed him. He come ear hole me time. I'm getting a square kick right in his run. <laughs> yeah, man, like you said, man, those those traps are going to start coming. Like I said, with the way we attack, the way we get off the ball, and that's the only solution for it. You know, they, they, they kind of got to, you know, Play, play to that strength, you know, play to us getting off and just hoping we get upfield too much and they can, you know, you know, knock us to the side and be able to hit some runs downhill. So it's definitely something we talk about, you know, just because, you know, like you said, it's it's, it's something you got to be aware of. You know, at, at the end of the day, you can't just run into a, a brick wall over and over and over again. You know, you got to you kind of got to be able to, to think a little bit and just kind of be aware of certain things and, you know, understand when those are going to come, you know, those are going to come, you know, in the red zone, you know, when they're, when they're trying to hit downhill and, and, you know, get positive yards, not trying to get on the edge and risk losing any yards or you know, those are going to come in the first 15, you know, th throughout a game. So just being able to understand when you're going to get those, because I mean, teams aren't going to run those, you know, 10, 12 times in the game. Those are going to be those change up plays that they throw in there just to kind of hit you. Uh, and try to get, you know, try to get you slipping and, and not anticipating it and try to pick up some big yardage. Sheldon, hang tight with us. We want to take a quick timeout. When we return, we'll have more with Sheldon Rankins. This is Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Gross alongside Bart Scott. We're joined by Jet defensive lineman Sheldon Rankins. All right, so you got one victory in the win column now. Now you try to build off it, and it's going to be a trip across the pond to London for a game on Sunday against the Falcons. Now, before we get into the Falcons and what challenge they're going to represent here, you ever been over to Europe before? Ever been to the UK? Yeah, so um, my second year in the league, uh, 2017, we played, you know, when I was with New Orleans, we played over there. Uh, we played Miami over there. So it was kind of a similar situation, right? So uh, we started that year 0-2. And, uh, and then we had a two-game stretch where we played Carolina, and then we were going to go. Um, to London to play Miami, and then we had a bye week. So, you know, we just kind of as a team really said, listen, these next two weeks can change the whole shape of this season. Um, so that's kind of the message I was getting across to the guys, you know, last week where, you know, listen, we got this game uh, with Tennessee, you know, we get that win, and then we have, then if we're able to go uh, to London, get a win, going into the bye, that, you know, that builds momentum. You know, that, that, that builds that camaraderie, you know, being able to go spend that time overseas together where it's just y'all. Uh, and, and guys just are able to come out of that bye week, you know, feeling like, wow, we can really do this. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's big. You know, I think, you know, this, this, this game going over there is something that, you know, we got to take advantage of. We got to go over there and, and be able to come back with a win. 
I mean, we talk about, you know, telling guys, hey, man, you can empty the tank. Guess what? We got a bye week after this, man. Empty the tank. It doesn't matter, man. You enjoy that bye week so much more when you get the W. But, you know, talking about, you know, your experience going over to London, a lot of these guys have never done that. You know what shoes to wear. You understand that they got that soccer, oily, long grass. So you got to have the, 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 the metal studs. But also with your intimate knowledge of Matty Ice and understand that he's a deer in headlights and he's not going anywhere. Like what type of knowledge would you you are you going to share with your guys, you know, about his tendencies, about you know what he likes to do, where he likes to escape, what he can and can't do, and you know, you know, how valuable will that be with you as guys are going to try and lean on you because you were in that division for such a long time? Yeah, I, th- I think that'll be big. You know, I think, um, listen, I mean, I played him for, you know, five years. You know, I understand he's he's a guy that's not going to drop back deep in the pocket. Listen, he's going to he's gonna be a guy that sets up at about five, maybe six yards, you know, and 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 step up from there, you know, because, he, listen, you know he's not a fast guy. So, you know, that way if he has to escape, he's not having to escape from, you know, nine, 10, 11 yards deep in the pocket where guys are able to, you know, corral him before he can, you know, pick up a quick first down or something like that. So that's going to be big just so – uh, guys can understand how they got to rush against the guy. You know, this, this isn't going to be the game where you can, you know, try to run that hoop at 10, 11, 12 yards and and think you're just going to kind of, you know, come up behind him and, and strip the ball out. You know, by then he's already, you know, ran through the lane. You vacated because you think you're just going to run around guys. So guys got to come into this game thinking power, short corner rushes, you know, and be able to own that spot about three to four yards behind the center uh, and be able to disrupt him because, you know, if, if we're making him have to step back to eight, nine yards, that means he's thinking about, you know, his feet getting stepped on, the, the, the pockets collapsing, you know, and now he's thinking about how he's got to escape to find uh, receivers downfield. And now he's not looking at the receivers. He's looking at the rush and, and that bodes well for us. So this is, so this is a game where everything I just told you what to tell Huff disregard, tell him the week after the buy that way he can get up and under. Now understand that Matty ice is going to be somewhere in the middle of the pocket. Don't run the hoop. So, uh, Disregard everything I said. Give him that message after the buy for me, please. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, after after the dub, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, listen. Here's a letter from Bart Scott. I got you. Uh, just read that. Take, read it. Take take heed to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, understand where it's coming from. It's coming from a real professional, you know, and, and help you. Coming from a place of love, man. But you're Absolutely. killing me, Petey. You're Absolutely. killing me, Petey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Justin, you know, Sheldon, Justin Hardy, after the game yesterday, you know, that the video of him in the locker room when he was addressing you guys and he was really fired up after the victory. He talked about the Tennessee game, the Atlanta game being like a two game proposition where the goal was to get both of them, then go into the bye week and kind of reset the season here. Is that something that you guys have talked about collectively of, you know, the job isn't done just getting the one win against Tennessee. You have to complete the puzzle here with this trip to London. Absolutely. Listen, uh, nothing is worse than, you know, you know, Bart knows this. I mean, if you, if you got a West coast trip and you lose and have to fly back three, four hours, that's, that's terrible. But having not, you talk about having to lose and then fly from overseas. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's dead. So, you know, it's, it's definitely something we talk about just from the standpoint of, like I said, man, that's going to breed confidence. That's momentum. You know, guys start believing in what we're doing, you know, and, and then once, listen, once you get, you know, a bunch of talented guys to believe in, in the standard and what we're trying to achieve, you know, the sky's the limit, you know, if once, once you put belief to it, you know, then you can embrace it, you know, and then your faith can take over and then, you know, sky's the limit from there. You know, you know, one of your responsibilities of, you know, being a veteran player isn't just being a 
defensive leader. It's being a team leader. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's been heavy lifting or, you know, heavy lifting or tough treading for the offense. You know, do you go over there and you try and give them some tips? Like, yeah, I just noticed something just, you know, as a former player, I'm, I'm looking at Zach Wilson and I'm looking at some of the big plays that he makes or broken plays of him getting to the edge. But I'm also looking at why don't they make that happen on purpose by making sure that they secure the edge, not release the tight end because that defensive end isn't respecting that play action. They're just getting up and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So is that something that you maybe go to like, hey, coach, or hey, you know, you know, maybe you guys want to secure that edge because now this year the theme uh, is that if you're the DN, you're getting upfield no matter what, run away, whatever, because if they can change that and secure the edge, I think that will allow – him to use that great arm talent and deliver the ball down the field if he doesn't have that DN rushing in his face, if they can hold him up and then release late out with that tight end. Are you giving that type of intel or are you just saying, you know what, let me get this defense right first before I start doing extra credit? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, right? You know, I think uh, obviously you want to make sure, you know, your own side of the ball is operating on, you know, at its highest efficiency and making sure everybody's locked in on what they got to do and and making sure it's all, you know, all, all the P's and Q's are, are you know, are, are there. But, you know, it's also, you know, talking to, you know, a lot of the veteran offensive linemen or a lot of the veterans on offense and kind of, you know, you know, get, getting their thoughts on on how things are going and, and you know, you know, from my perspective, like you said, I mean, just kind of saying, you know, little things here and there that I see, I'm like, hey, you know, what if y'all did this? Or, you know, why don't y'all do this? Or, or something like that. Just, you know, just kind of, listen, brainstorming. You know, we're all a team and, you know, it, and, all, and it all breathes in the success of what we're trying to achieve. And, you know, the, the, the more hats, you know, the more thoughts we get, you know, put towards the, the betterment of this team, you know, the, the better we're going to be in the long run. So for sure. Sheldon, thanks for a couple of minutes. We really appreciate your time here on a Victory Monday. Best of luck on the trip to London against the Falcons, and we always appreciate you joining us. All right, thank you. Glad, glad, glad being on here for sure. Yeah, they, they, they got a spot. They got a spot coupon for you too, man. Don't let them off the hook. Oh, for sure. I need that. I need that. Absolutely. Hey, sir, They'll take care of you. They'll take care of you, no doubt. That's Sheldon Rankins. Still got a lot more to do coming up on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Grasso alongside Bart Scott. And remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app, presented by Fubo Sportsbook. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. You referenced it a little bit earlier in the show, Bart. The extravaganza last night in Foxborough between the Bucks and the Patriots was a pretty darn good game. Most of it was played in a driving rain. And just like the Jet game was decided by a missed field goal at the very end as Nick Folk clanked one off the uprights. I mean, 56 yards in a driving rain. Maybe it wasn't the best decision by Belichick, but either the way, Bel uh, Brady goes into his old stomping grounds and walks off a victor. I mean, that was the right play. I mean, if you want to be big time, you talk about Nick Folk. You know, we know him around here. He's a Pro Bowl caliber uh, field goal kicker who hadn't missed a kick in 25 attempts. It's not because of the kick was too short. He had plenty of leg. It hit high on the bar. He just missed it a little bit. If they were, you know, a couple yards, you know, closer, that ball goes through. If he straightens it up a little bit, that thing goes through. How do you ask a, a rookie quarterback to come in and pick up fourth and three for the game against the defending champs? I'd much rather put it, put it on a guy that's hit 25 field goals in a row you know, broke a record for the team. And, you know, talking about the Adam Benetieri didn't have that record, one of the greatest kickers of all time that was a member of the, the Patriots. You talk about Grakowski or whatever his name is. I can't, can't say his last name, but he was at – yeah, so he was he was at one point one of the most accurate kickers of all time, and he didn't have the record. So I think you definitely put it on Nick Folk. And listen, it was a good game. 
you know, didn't live up to the expectation. I think the drama all week was more exciting than the actual product on the field. You know, a lot that can be said about maybe, you know, the weather has something to do with it. You talk about the fact that Gronkowski wasn't there. Brady seemed a little bit emotional and jacked up because a lot of his passes were too high or too far. And, you know, I know we want to say, oh, well, Brady's seen it all, done it all. Well, no, he's never been somewhere for 20 years, left and came back and had to handle all those emotions. It looked like Mac Jones represented himself very well, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. And, you know, the Patriots find themselves in a, in a, in a crazy position, never, you know, losing three games in a month of September, and it only gets more difficult. You know, it almost makes the, the rematch between the Jets a must-win because you talk about they have Dallas, they have – uh, they have Dallas, they have Cleveland, they have the Chargers. They have some games in which they can lose and they can find themselves on the wrong side of the playoff battle after spending $310 million in free agency. Yeah, you think about it too, right? I mean, what kind of windows and doors is this open for the Jets potentially based on what happened elsewhere yesterday? Okay, not only do the Jets get a win, Patriots lose. The Dolphins allowed Indianapolis to walk into their building yesterday and beat them up pretty good, get their first one of the season. So, all right, Buffalo. Then it's the Bills. Then it's the Bills. But those three other teams, everybody's now tied at one and three. So, just saying, I mean, Jets are facing this Patriots team again in a couple of weeks, as you said, right out of the bye. But you look at the division a little bit differently now. Yeah, baby steps, right? You know, baby steps. You know, maybe the the uh, Patriots are you know a, a farther away than they than they thought, and maybe they should have handled held on to a guy like Cam. But they're definitely going to have to win some games. They're going to play that same Panthers team that beat the Jets. So you talk about you know the head to head matchups, but you know you you look out there at the AFC West and you see guys like Kansas City, you see uh, the Raiders. You know, we thought that was going to be the AFC North that was going to maybe potentially get three in. We've seen that happen before. Maybe it looks like the AFC West may get three in and two from the AFC North. You know, that leaves a lot of guys on the outside, a lot of teams on the outside looking in. But listen, it's no foregone conclusion. That's why we play the games on the field, not on paper, not through the schedule. But the Jets need to just worry about one game at a time. Let's not start winning one game and start thinking about, you know, the playoffs. Let's just worry about becoming that we can win two games in a row against a struggling Atlanta Falcons team, but a team that's very, very capable of winning and beating anybody any day of the week. No doubt about that. And you think about, you know, the teams right now that are unbeaten, there's only two of them left. Raiders are playing right now, of course, Monday night football against the Chargers. But then on the NFC side, you got Arizona. And I was surprised that they went into L.A. and beat up a Rams team that looked pretty darn good up until this point this year. First time Sean McVay's ever lost to Arizona. First time Kyler Murray has ever beaten the Rams in his NFL career. The Cardinals are sitting there unbeaten at 4-0. How about that? Yeah, this thing is fluid, right? You know, like, you know, this the cream doesn't rise to the top to like probably the second week in November. Everybody's jockeying for position. You know, you talk about, you know, the Rams and, you know, individual games are always a toss-up, right? You never know. And listen, the Rams have, have really had the number of Arizona winning eight games in a row. That's four years without losing to them. And they were right for the picket. Now, does this take me off the fact that I think that the Rams are still a Super Bowl contender? No. I just say that styles make fights and, you know, game plans matter. And, you know, yesterday, Kyler Murray was able to stay clean, stay healthy and make the plays to win the game. And sometimes it bees like that, right? I've been on, on you know, in this division where, you know, you get blew out by the Patriots or you beat the Patriots and they blow you out and we beat them back. Or, you know, so it's going to be a fight to the end. And the good thing is that, you know, somebody else is going to get an extra opportunity understanding that the playoffs, another team is getting invited with the extra wild card. You know, so it'll be fun to watch. But, you know, you want to win as many games as you can while you can because you can't take any week for granted. 
You know, Bart, congrats are in order for Randy Reed. His Chiefs go into Philadelphia, his old stomping grounds. They get a victory yesterday, stopped the bleeding a little bit. But that was his 100th win as, a, as the coach at Kansas City. He's the first coach in NFL history to win at least 100 games with more than one franchise. So a good job by him. But we know they got Patrick Mahomes. We know they could score a lot of points. But still, that defense really leaves a lot to desire. The only thing that really won them the game is that in the second half, Philadelphia's offense just couldn't keep up with them. Well, you talk about, you know, that defense, you talk about Jalen Hurts threw for almost 400 yards, and that's something that's not expected, you know, from Jalen Hurts, but also, you know, Tyreek Hill finally coming back and going for 185 yards. Um, and listen, th this is a team that, you know, self-admitted or admitted that they were maybe, you know, reading their press clippings, and they thought that maybe because they'd been in Super Bowl two years in a row that, you know, they can just show up. But, you know, at this, at this you know, stage and in this league, you know, rents do every year. And what you did last year means nothing. You still have to prove it. And listen, they have a big game and a big test to see if they're legitimately back coming up this week against the Buffalo Bills, who I think has quietly been the best football team that nobody ever talks about. We talked about Arizona, gave them a little credit. We talk about Dallas all the time. But Buffalo just does and goes about its business. And you talk about, you know, 40-0 against Houston. And you say, oh, well, 40-0, but that's back-to-back -back shutouts for a team that needed to improve their defense and spent a lot of their draft equity last year addressing those issues. I mean, Houston's got a lot of issues right now, though. I mean, that was impressive for Buffalo. But Houston, I mean, six first downs all day. They only had one third down conversion. David Culley said after the game, you know, you could put Joe Montana as the quarterback for that team. It's not going to make a difference. But it's amazing. Buffalo, week one, they had that lackluster performance against Pittsburgh. You almost forget about that now because now they look like the Bills team we expected to see here in 2021. Right, exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes you think that, hey, this is a continuation of last season. No, every season is a new season. And I think they got a rude awakening early on in the season, finally, you know, tighten their bootstraps. And, you know, that's what Kansas City is trying to do now. Kansas City is trying to say, you know what, reality check. It's going to be a lot harder than what it was before because you think about this offensive line, all these guys not having cohesion. You talk about the shortened preseason. You know, guys at this point are starting to get their chemistry and their football kind of eyes and feet and quick fast twitch together because a lot of these guys don't play in the preseason. So this is, you know, they use the regular season, the early part, especially the month of September to kind of pat, set their pads and get their eyes and get their, you know, their football, you know, uh, re reflexes together. Inside the Jets brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code GREEN for a special offer when you sign up. It's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So the team is off to London, Bart, a date with the Falcons, seeing if they could string back-to-back -back wins together going into the bye. You and I will be back next Monday to talk about it, though, but great job as always, my friend. I look forward to it. I, thanks a lot, Jets, for going to London so I can get up at 6 o'clock. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Hey, we all got to do it on the air bright and early. It's why they pay us the big bucks, right? He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grasso. This is Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.